the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on The Answer San Diego, KCBQ, AM and FM, and KPraise, KPRZ, AM and FM. Good morning, guys. Good morning. You said that like you said it before. Well done. I know. I know. I'm just (laughs) well done. I'm just reading it off the page. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How how is everybody? I'm doing good. Doing well. Good week. Did you have a good week? Yeah, it wasn't a bad week. It's an okay week. Weather's getting better. It's starting to cool off. At least it's been cooling off at night. Yeah, good point. Hey, that, the, wait a minute. That's my line. Yeah, it is, typically. I was waiting yeah. for you to say I slept better because it's cooler, doors open, screens open, or however you do it. That is how I do it. Was yeah. that you outside? <laughs> <laughs> Creeper. Yeah. No, it, was, it is nice. Though The temperatures have come down dramatically. So, but, just, but just for this week. <laughs> true. Well, Are you supposed to go back up next week? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, On a Tuesday, not, it's supposed to be 90. So. Not oh, God. quite as bad. Well, 90 isn't 100, you know? Well, and and enough. and the days are shorter, so it's not going to last as long. Come on, you negative nan- people! Are we doing the daylight savings time eventually, or is that do we vote that November, out already? I, I think it's something? November first. Okay, I was going to say because I know we keep voting on things like that, but I well, never we're know what we're happens. in we're in daylight savings time oh, now. Well, so whatever you call it, yeah. So I don't. I get I, confused. I can't. Re- do they want to eliminate standard time and just- no, 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 no? We want to just make it one. Yeah, but which one do they want to make it? I don't know. And honestly, just, just make it one. Just make it one. Yeah. Just decide. Yeah, I can, well, yeah, I can live with it. Just do it. Although I have to admit the driving home from the show last Saturday, the glare on Miramar oh, Road right, driving was east. Going horrendous. East, yeah. I can it imagine. was really bad. Well, I saw a set of sunglasses on cable TV that you can get to cut right through that glare so you don't have to worry about it. You just flip them right down. They're tactical. And then you can see right through the glare with no problems. Yeah, but it's the sun that's you're Yeah, but not if at. you have the tactical sunglasses yeah. on. Well, I guess I could just wear a welder's helmet. Um, I had this really cool <laughs> thing in my car. It... Um, Visor? It's right in front of my head. I don't know what they call it, but I can flip it down and it casts a shadow. No, it is it is awful. This it's, time. I know. It, the only thing that would be worse is if it was raining. Yeah, and because when you have glare like that on wet asphalt, it's it's terrible. Um, but with the cooler weather that we've that we have coming up, or at least a window, if you have not sprayed your citrus trees or some of your other trees in the, in, or shrubs in your yard. Now is a now is going to be a perfect weather window to do that. Uh, the temperatures are going to drop down below 85 degrees. I, I think it's below 85. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. Which is perfect weather for doing that, especially on the on horticultural oil, which you should be spraying on your citrus spraying on your citrus, at least your citrus. That, yeah. That's uh, my plan this weekend. Yeah. I have scale on a lot of citrus, or we have scale on a lot of citrus. No, I I got the horticultural oil and I took it home and I put it in the garage. So I don't. I mean, I've I've already taken at care least of the you're problem. Good. Have it. Yes. Yeah, I've taken care of the problem. I, well, and following in your footsteps, I purchased it as well. It's been sitting in the car for four or five days, so I'm hopefully have, this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go take a look and see if I even have any. I don't think I, I don't think I do. I don't have to pick some up. They have some at uh, Walter Anderson Nursery in Poway. It's just down oh, the street from your house. Out. Yeah, it's just about five minutes from the house. If you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four one one seven zero is the number. We would love to talk to you. Um, 
the other thing that they were predicting, but apparently they're not predicting it anymore, was we were supposed to get some rain. A teensy oh, weensy bit. A little bit, but enough to enough to make things wet and to uh and to get and to start the weed seeds from start growing. Well, I started doing that at home this week with a hose. Growing I, weeds? Well, I cleared out the vegetable garden and I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. I think I talked about it here and I went and prepped the garden and it had been fallow for a season. And I put out, I, I put in all sorts of amendments, and then I put out the seeds, and then I started watering it. And the seeds came up, and I was pretty excited. And I figured, oh yeah, there'll be some weeds coming up, but I'll it was mostly I'll take weeds. care of that. And all the weeds started coming up, and and then I put it off and put it off as I do once in a while, not all the time. And then it was all weeds. Yeah. So this time I cleaned it and prepped it, and I started watering it. I'll get the weeds up, and then take care of those, and then do plant your. See, how do, how do you plan season. on getting those weeds out? Well, I was thinking as I was saying that. I hope nobody asks, but I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably, culti- I'll probably cultivate them. Turn it in a green manure. Yeah. Okay. A cover crop of some sort. A, a ratatouille of some sort. I'm go. told I'm full of green manure, so <laughs> put some in the soil. Well, once you get that done and prepped, um, you can put strawberries in if you want. I can. We we got fall strawberries in this week. Uh, Four or five different varieties in six packs, ready to go. Um, well, so this year has been a big strawberry year. Oh my god, big That's, strawberry year! Yeah, I, it's been insane how many we, we yeah. sold. And I re- and one of the tricks I remember that my grandfather taught me in planting strawberries was he was all he would he would prep the prep the soil, put the fertilizer down, put the amendment down, mix it all in. Then he would put black plastic down. And cut a hole in the black plastic and plant the strawberry in that. Then, as the plant grows, well, the black plastic absorbs heat from the sun, so it keeps the roots warmer. And then, as the plant grows, it grows out over the plastic and it bears fruit on the plastic. So it eliminates a lot of the soil born insects, like yeah. sow bugs and things like that. It also would take care of the weeds that would be coming up around there if you hadn't that, taken care of them properly prior. And and the only thing I would change now. <clears throat> In doing that, is instead of using instead of using black plastic, I would probably use black landscape cloth because it makes it easier to get the water through the through, plastic. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, with plastic. Yeah, you have to water very carefully uh, if you're just using black plastic because there's not big openings for the for the water to get through. Yeah, be very very precise in your watering. The other thing that you can do too is you can you can mulch them with um, straw. Yeah, mm-hmm. which you might everybody should have a bale of straw laying around. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody should. <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. But the thing, how many people? In, I have bales of straw lying around. I'm sure you do. Actually, I don't currently. Really? I've gotten some of them have mulched into the soil, and some of them are gone. I do still have the ties laying around. They, <laughs> the string. Yeah, they the get bound line. up in the lawnmower. It's really fun to undo that. Well, I remember when I was a kid, when I was really little, um, go to the nursery. We actually sold bales of straw. We sold bean straw. And I didn't realize this, um, but I was watching, I think it must have been a growing passion or one of those shows, but apparently San Diego County was the lima bean capital of California at one time. We grew tons and tons of lima beans here. And I remember as a kid, I'd be sitting on the stacks of bales of bean straw and you could pick through the straw. And I remember picking out lima beans that had been left over, um, Kind of like I, what I do with the decorative corn stalks we get in, but it's not lima beans I'm looking for. It's ears of corn. Oh. They're not as good on the ones that they're throwing away for decoration as the ones you get in the store, just yeah. for the record. Okay. Good good to know. Yeah. You but, don't have to try it now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it wasn't, but I, even, it wasn't even a thought, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you I, mean for a normal person? Yeah. 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 But I, I, I vividly remember that as a kid sitting there and picking Pick through it. The, and, they, and they were full size, like a regular hay bale. But uh-huh. it, was, it was just bean straw. I have had a few wheat stalks come up in the garden from under bales of straw that I've. Oh, had. really? Yeah, it was kind of kind of neat because they. I don't know why it was kind of neat because it looked like a piece of of wheat, like a wheat field. Yeah, well, in miniature. In miniature, it was a bonsai wheat field. <laughs> I saw I saw on a show one time. This was years ago. Um, God, it might have even been before we opened Poway, but somebody was using wheat as part of their landscape 
and they had a big section of it where they would sow wheat seed down. And when it grew, it was beautiful. I mean, just this big green patch of wheat foliage of of wheat. But it, <laughs> but it, but you know, it's it's fairly it's fairly light, and the wind would Brain blow, and it, yeah, and it would move pretty. around mm-hmm. and put a lot of motion into it. The the only downside was you had to reseed it every year. But it was it was a really really pretty, really pretty uh, ground cover type type planting. Another weird ground cover that my grandfather told me about a long time ago was somebody planted. God, I don't think I don't know if it was him. Uh, planted little Phoenix Robolinis as ground cover. They just put them all over, and then as, then when they got up to you know, got some trunk on them, then they go through and dig them all up, put them right. in containers, and sell them off, and then go and plant. Uh. But they used it as a Used it as ground cover. Kind you know, we did that one year at the fair. We made a ground cover out of five gallon Phoenix Robolinis. I mean, we just oh man, I don't even remember that. It looked it looked really good. It makes a a very nice base. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but then when they grow up, you yeah, can dig them, them, put them in pots, and sell them and make a fortune. You can make some money on it. If you'd like to give us a call, eight 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 three four four one one seven zero is the number. Um, you know, just it, in case, who's your grandfather? Just in case anybody out there doesn't know. Oh, you it's mean Wal- kind of, Walter Anderson Sr.? That's what there I thought you, go. you might want to. Um, the other thing with the with well, we were expecting the rain that we were expecting that we're not expecting anymore. If you want to put out wild, wildflower seeds, now is a perfect time to do that. But just be aware that if you're going to put out wildflower seeds, do not put out the pre-emergent weed killer because that's going to cause you some issues. You can put it out and... Manually water a couple of times and just get them started. I saw the Canadian forecast, the global, or no, the Canadian forecast system says that we might get some rain in two weeks. How do they We're going to have warm. How can they predict that that far? All this stuff's moving around. We don't have our own rain. We have to import it from Canada. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Along with water. You know, we live in a desert, George. Okay. (laughs) Well, and then the other... The other question I have about weather is we have the we have the American models and then we have the European models. Why are we not all using the same model? Well, because they all give different results. Well, I understand that. <laughs> so, but, and they wait till all the different models come into agreement before they're certain on the forecast. And they did say in this, it's two weeks out, so it's a little early to have any confidence in the rain. But there's the global forecasting system. There's the European forecasting system. There's the Canadian forecasting Everybody... Every country has. Well, well it sounds like they're all waiting one, until but... it's actually raining to say that we're going to get rain. Well, that's not a bad plan. It, yeah. It's You're usually accurate. fairly accurate. Fairly yeah. accurate. I, I do recall once seeing on the on the weather, um, they said due to numerous reports of precipitation in the area, we're going to add it to the to the forecast. <laughs> so, because it was raining, they were going they, to add it to the... they put it into the yes. Their radar must have been down that day. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what else we got to talk about? Oh, mum season. We're right in the middle of mum season. Knee deep. Which that they're actually one of my one of my favorite plants this time of the year. The, the color that they produce is yeah, absolutely it, yeah, amazing. And it's almost all colors too. You know what I mean? There's yeah. yeah. There's a there's quite the rainbow of, of colors that are out there. And you know, one of the things that I miss about mum season was at the wild animal park when they would do the mum festival every year. That was a huge, huge production for them. And they had to, st- what, what did Carrie say? They would start like two years out putting stuff to get, growing stuff to get it ready to go. But the, the variety and, you know, basically we sell either florist mums or bedding mums. Bedding mums, yeah. But the, There's the some, mums that yeah. Carrie would bring in for that, for that festival were just amazing. Just absolutely amazing. They had trailing ones. They had. All kinds of stuff. There is a mum festival of sorts at my folks' house because my dad has one of the little bedding mums that comes back year after year. And so anytime it's blooming, it's mum festival oh, season. It? He's very excited about it. Yes. Well, they, and they probably put out more flowers per square inch. For, per square inch of just about anything you can put out in the uh, out in yeah. your bedding beds. And they're perennials. Yeah. Cut them back when they get done blooming, they'll come back and bloom again. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know if you have noticed the. It's kind of a mustard and dark red 
The striped color, ones. The striped ones. Yeah, we are have them in the, just, just inside the incredible doors. Incredible color. Yeah, it's, it's striking. They're really pretty. Yeah, it's a really, really. So, neat what's the plant. cult? Those are they're a chrysanthemum, right? Yes. Yeah. See, and there are two types: the florist, and you were saying you had the the uh, perennials. Well, the gar- they're, they're called garden mums, right? Yes. I think. Uh, I have, I've not grown them here, so I'm curious. From your, what kind of culture do they need? Full sun, partial shade, what? We'll get into that when we get back. We need to take a break. You're listening to Garden Talk here on The Answer, San Diego, KCBQ, AM and FM, and K-Praise, KPRZ, AM and FM. We'll be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on The Answer, San Diego, KCBQ, AM and FM, and K-Praise, KPRZ, AM and FM. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we were talking talking about uh, mums, and George was just about to interrogate David about it. So. Well, I think he kind of <laughs> oh, was. I, did, yeah. I got a little nervous. <laughs> Can we turn off the spotlight and just take a step back? What, what's the Karen culture, though, seriously? Because well, we, we do talk about, you know, that they're, they're gorgeous plants, and, and I love looking at them at the nursery. I haven't planted them. I know they're perennials. You, you want us to, and I want, to help? I want to help people with, people with, gar- with the garden that, talk part. Is that what right, it is? Right, Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. They are perennials. Yeah. And you were saying there's florist mums and bedding mums. Well, right. I think they're kind of the same mums, but they're just different hybrids. And the bedding mums are smaller flowers. They will take anywhere from full sun all day to just a little bit of morning sun, and come up and bloom, usually this time of the year. But if you cut them back after they get done blooming, they're going to come back up and give you sporadic bloom throughout the year. And the flowers are smaller, the colors are great, but then we also get in the the spectacular hybrids that we were talking about when you started grilling me. I'm really uncomfortable. They have a profusion of flowers. I mean, color, it's gorgeous. They're just, really, they're, yeah. they're covered. You don't see yeah. much foliage. You just see the flowers or the buds. And Correct. And the ones we got in were... Primarily buds with a few open flowers. So you get the best of both. You can see what it is and have flower right now, but it's still going to bloom for weeks, right. if not months. And yeah. when it's done, you can either throw the whole thing away and start over or, or leave them. And- like my pappy, you can cut, cut them back, back. And, and wait for them to come back again. You know, florist mums are something that have kind of waned in popularity. We don't get them nearly nearly as often as we used to. They used to be kind of a staple in, yeah, as far as... Yeah, used to get them like houseplants or whatever. Yeah, as yeah, far as get, floral. Um, floral big, concerned. bigger flowered. I mean, and beautiful. spider And spider yes, mums. Yeah, you, exactly. you just don't You just don't see them as much as you as Absolutely used the to. truth, yes. Just okay. one of those things that fades in popularity. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably cyclical. It'll, they'll come back eventually, but... There'll be a Pinterest post somewhere, and then they'll... Yes. That'll be all the rage. Something like that. Did I... Answer your you questions. did, sir. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And they don't—they don't require a whole lot of water either. I mean, they're pretty tough. I mean, they are super durable. Yeah. Once they get established, of course. But yeah, but they are pretty. I mean, every well, whites, yellows, purples, rust colors. Yeah. Um, I guess they don't have an orange one. I guess, do they? Well, rust. Oh, I mean, yeah, orangey, rust. rusty. Okay. Yeah, it's a—it's a pretty wide range of color. Yeah. The um, milkweed craze seems to have. Calmed down Wayne, to some extent. I'm yes. guessing that's because the monarchs have uh, moved out of the area for the most part. They've had it with our stuff. <laughs> They're done. Um, although we do have some in stock right now. We did at least we had some. We had some of the native in stock. We had some of the the monarch magnet from Monrovia, which is really kind of a cool looking plant. Yeah, the, leaves the are pine leaf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of migrated a touch. I had somebody in yesterday looking for uh, anise. 
and oh, she for was swallowtail? yeah, and she had found one <clears throat> anise swallowtail caterpillar, and she was wanted more to put on her plant that she was taking home. One of our fennel section on Friday was there was must have been six or seven little you know, tiny when I caterpillars. Said anise, I meant fennel. Did you? Thank okay. you for fixing that. Bowl. I'm here to help. I appreciate that. Well, we had a we have a big bowl of um, Italian parsley out on the patio, and at one point in time, I think there were. I think we had three or four big swallowtail caterpillars um, mowing on it. They have they have all since moved on, but they're act- they're actually it's a, that particular caterpillar is actually a a pretty caterpillar it's, it's very compared pretty. to the other compared right. to the other swallowtail caterpillars that are out there. Oh, you mean the one that looks like bird droppings? Yes, the one that hit yeah. attacks we citrus. That, we had that, we had that too, and we and we found. We actually found okay, I'm coming a few, after you. We actually found a few uh, swallowtail chrysalis around, but all of them been all of them were parasitized. So I don't. I, you're, you're judging these caterpillars by their appearance. What are you talking about? Well, you said they're better looking than others. You're. you're oh, ju- well, yeah, I guess I am. All right. So, um, but it's kind of a bummer to see that they. You know, yeah, they you did. find the chrysalis, and there you could see the little hole drilled in the side of it from the wasp. I, I'm assuming it's a wasp that. It parasitizes them. It's a fly, I think. It's nope. a fly. It's a fly. It begins with a T. I actually, I want to say cicada, but it's not. But it's in that. Oh, it was tachnid. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I can work through it. Still, lot, still, lots of time and lots of stuff to plant in the garden if you want to get a winter, a winter crop of vegetables in. One of my favorite things to grow in the winter time are. Beets. Snap pe- no, oh. no, not beets. Uh, <laughs> they taste like dirt, George. <laughs> snap peas. Yeah, sugar snap peas. Those are peas. good. You get Just a walk around and pick them. In oh, the I thought you walk. said peas, and he said no, not snap peas. You said beets. I said, said beets. 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 Yep. Okay, yeah. so my it tastes like dirt was appropriate. You were accurate. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. But they're they're easy to grow. Just give them a give them a trellis to climb on and. Uh, you can just walk it when they start producing. You just walk out and pick them. You can eat them straight out of the garden. They're yeah, really they good, fresh. You know, I tried that with beets this year too. Eating them straight out of the straight garden. Straight out of the garden after I washed the right. dirt. Oh, off. I was going to say it makes them even taste more like dirt. Well, not if you wash it yeah. off. And when I do that, I try and use the hose near something that needs water, so that I'm not wasting the water to wash the beets. But I did freshen my grow bags. Uh, I put took the top couple of inches of soil out and added some some compost to the potting soil and mixed it in to prep my grow bags for yeah beets well good i know i know i, I was oh. too we, we we've prepped the garden in preparation for the winter garden you've prepped in preparation in preparation but we've got haven't gotten there yet hopefully today or tomorrow well one one pro tip for a uh, growing for growing uh sugar snap peas or even sweet peas, which now is a good time to plant sweet peas as well. Uh, use the garden trellis netting because at the end of the season, when you're cleaning everything out, all you have to do is wad it up with the vine still in it, yank it out of the ground, and throw it away. I thought you were going to say the pro tip is to soak them before you plant them. Well, that you can do too. And I got a, a text yesterday from Mary asking if it was too late to plant her peas if she waited another day to soak them. You know, I'm so late. I'm so far behind on my yeah, planting season. panic on that. Should I just put them in the ground and not wait the extra day? No. Go ahead and soak them. Yeah. Uh, little known fact, they used to do a big flower show at uh, Mission Valley Mall every year back in the 60s and early 70s. And I think it was 1968. I actually won an award for the sweet peas that I grew. Wow! Got my got ladies my, and gentlemen. Got Ken my, Anderson got my picture in the paper for it. Even. Wow! Yeah, good, good for you. I was yeah. too busy climbing on the dragon to have noticed those flowers. <laughs> Suffering a major head trauma when you fall off of it. Uh, it explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, I remember the dragon, and the I also remember. Do you remember the big fountain that was in the middle? That big tall copper fountain tower. No, I was on the dragon. You were on the dragon. Well, it was right down there next to the dragon. So I was focused. <laughs> I'm not falling <laughs> off of the concrete dragon. Uh, if you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. A uh, couple of, we still have a pretty good selection of uh, 
Protea is in stock. Oh, which reminds me, I've got to check the two that I have to make sure I haven't croaked them. Uh, I was, I was being being really diligent about watering them about once a week. I had a I have a Banksia and I have a uh, Leucospermum that I brought home, a pincushion, and I've completely forgotten about them for a few weeks now. So. <laughs> in the ground or in containers? no? They're in they're in they're in big ceramic pots. They're in a they're in a zone that does get some water from sprinklers, so that that might be enough. But they were doing really well there while I was remembering them. So I have to check that today when I get home. I, I put mine in the ground to try and mitigate that problem. Well, see, the problem I have is my soil is so bad that yeah. if it if I, I, I could get it, I could get them, I could probably get them established. But if we had any kind of rain, rain it's, it's going to rot them. Yeah. yeah, they're they're terrible. Um, I tell everybody when they say that my soil is so bad, I tell them that you're, you're not special. Throughout, throughout San Diego <laughs> County, we have poor soil. Uh, yeah, well, well my, 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 my rocks and clay are worse than are, anyone else. Are, are worse than just okay. about anybody else. Uh, but one of the one of the plants that we don't get very often, but we actually have we have four or five of them in stock in Poway right now, and it's a really pretty plant. I have not gotten brave enough to try to grow it myself, but the, the silver trees is it uh, the Argentina. Ar- Lucasbermum Argentium. Yeah, Argentium. Isn't there one on Arrow Drive? No. No. It go bye-bye? That's a eucalyptus. It is? Yeah. I think it's it's eucalyptus. I think it's eucalyptus rhodantha or uh, eucalyptus or might be eucalyptus macrocarpa. I don't remember which one it is, but there's actually a sign in front of it that tells you what it is. So if you drive out there, you can can see what it is. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And then... uh, friend of mine who lives over in ocean beach she was jogging through an alley um over there on one of her morning runs and there was another that same type of eucalyptus and it's got a flower on it that's like that big it's a huge huge flower that's why i thought it was um i thought it was rhodantha but it might be it might be uh macrocarpa did she take a picture of it and send it to you yeah she did what, okay. yeah, yeah okay. she sent me a picture of it um and then i meant to go over and take a look at it and Forgot. I forgot, and now I don't know where it is. So. <laughs> well, it's in an alley in OB. It's, there can't it's be in too an alley many of them. over in Ocean Beach. Yeah, there's, there can't be a lot of them over there. That's for sure. Um, if you want to give us a call, 1-888-344-1170 is the number. We do one thing that we have in Poway that we haven't. I don't remember the last time we had them if we've ever had them before. But if you like Banksias, we have two huge fifteen-gallon Banksias that we got in from. San Marcos, okay. Uh, San Marcos growers—they're really nice plants, and Banksias have kind of a—they have a very interesting flower on them. That big looks like a giant bottle brush. Yeah, and the seed pods are made into ornament. When I went to Australia, they make uh, like Christmas ornaments and things out of them. They're really pretty. The, I've seen there's a there's a woodworking company down in Kearney Mesa called Rockler, and they they sell the seed pods there. Right. People turn them. Yeah, on oh, yeah. on, on a on a wood lathe. I have a beautiful Banksia blooming at home right now. And it's orange. The the buds are kind of white, but as the flowers start to to emerge, it's kind of a, a bright orange, real nice orange. And I, I put out my trail camera so that if the person that came by to swipe <laughs> the pin cushions comes to swipe my Banksia flowers, I'm going to have it on, on video this time. There you go. Post it on Facebook so everybody knows who yeah. it is. Shame them. Yep. I'm okay with that. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Uh, We're going to take a quick break for some news. We'll be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they 
Garden Talk here on The Answer San Diego, KCBQ, AM and FM, and KPRZ, KPRZ, AM and FM. If you would like to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to go south and we're going to talk to Alan in Chula Vista. Today. We, we went south a long time ago. <laughs> Good morning, Alan. How are you? Good morning, guys. What's As up? usual, it's fascinating just listening to you guys just carry on with nobody calling in. <laughs> Thanks, well, thanks for the phone we call. Appreciate, we, we appreciate you breaking it up. What, what's yeah. going on? Um, I have a question about uh, applying the horticultural oil to citrus. Um, is it a good idea to wash the tree down first? Um, we have uh, a eureka lemon, and um, it seems like it's formed the black stuff and, and the sticky stuff, kind of like a white fly infestation. But uh, it's probably scale. I think I can see stuff on the on the branches or the uh yeah the branches of the tree yeah that would be if it's on the branches it's scale if it's on the foliage it could be it it could be white fly um but if you've got the if you've got the sooty mold and the sticky honeydew on it then you definitely have some kind of sucking insect on there i don't i don't think it's necessary to wash the tree down if you use a hose end sprayer to put the oil on that's gonna that's gonna do a lot of it on its own okay if it's a, if it happens to be a white fly infestation, would the worm gold work? It works well on um, I forget the name of that. Oh. It's just like an oleander. Uh, we tried it on there and it works good. It takes a little while. And yeah, it, the the anecdotal evidence is that is that um, worm castings will help control white fly. Uh, but the white fly that gets on citrus is a little different than it. It, it's, it's a, a citrus different. white fly. Yeah, it's different it's than a the citrus white fly. Right the giant yeah. white fly. They, they do get. Hibiscus. I have seen giant white fly on citrus, but it's been a long time. And hibiscus too are, are subject to the um, to the giant white fly, and it it ha- I I know my dad's used it, and he, and he's said it works. So you're not you're not going to hurt anything by trying it. That's for sure because it's it it's going to be beneficial to the soil, and there is some nutrient value to it as well. Um, on top of any pest control advantage that you might get out of it okay is is it um a problem as far as coverage of the tree like our uh, eureka is probably about i don't know maybe 11 feet tall or so so uh do you have to get the underside or you just just spray it up in the tree and does it coat the uh, the uh, scale it it kills by coating so you have to have coverage on both upper and lower leaf surfaces and if it's a big tree you can spray the backs of the leaves on the far side of the tree through from the opposite side. So I would do it with a hose end sprayer, not a tank sprayer. So it's coming out under greater pressure and moves the leaves around so you can get complete coverage. And that will also blow out all of the debris and the dead leaves and stuff. I don't think it would be a problem to go through first with a, a hose and just water and blast off some stuff and clean it up. It might help a little bit. But if you're doing a good job blasting with a hose end sprayer, you don't need to do it twice. Okay, it's kind of a, kind of a curious thing. We live um, in West Chula Vista near Hilltop Drive, and we're so we're about two miles from the bay. And our soil is uh, it's kind of it's sandy, but it's it's a dark sandy soil. And we have but we have a rental house uh, about six miles from us. Um, and I have I have a tangerine tree and a um, an orange, um, not not a navel. What's the other one? Uh, Valencia, yeah, Valencia, Valencia orange, yeah. and those trees are fine. They're just they're producing like crazy, and they're not ripe yet. But there's no scale on those. Is it, it have to do? Is a difference in the soil? Because I think out at the rental house, it's more of a clay soil, or is it? Is it have anything to do with how far you are from the bay? I, I don't think either of those. Well, they may play some part in it, but you can have scale and problems right along the coast you can have it all the way out in the desert um and you can have it on trees that are 23 feet away from a tree that has zero on them so it, it just doesn't matter the, the insect's going to get there i want to say i will not eat green eggs and ham now but i'm not sure <laughs> so it can happen anywhere and it probably well not probably i would think that if you have a heavier clay soil it's holding warm water and those trees are doing better that maybe the tree that you have down at your house in the sandy soil isn't getting as much water, stressing the tree a little bit, and making it more susceptible to to pests. Okay. All right, good deal. I'll give it a try. 
Okay. Thanks for the info. Okay. Thanks for the call, Alan. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay. Take care. If you'd like to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Well, my my Pong Con is not dead yet. Oh, good. And during the heat, I went and sprayed everything with the Monterey oil. I we talked about it a little bit. Were you trying to kill stuff or just doing an experiment? I was kind of doing... It was an experiment. It was an experiment, and it was successful. I even sprayed the stress tree, which I absolutely should not have done, um, just in case there was a significant amount of scale on the branches that I didn't notice it. And I'm going to have to go in and start digging and see what, what's going on. I don't know if there's gophers under there or something, but no matter what I do, the tree is not absorbing the water other than the interior and the bottom, so... But I sprayed all of them, and the trees got a very nice sheen to them. The, the mineral oil makes them look gorgeous. Oh, no, it, it really does. And it was a 95-plus degree day, and I sprayed probably at 10 o'clock in the morning, and they were oh, fine. None of them suffered no problem, from the Monterey no. oil. Now, other oils, they do caution you above 85, but the, the Monterey, they swore to me 110 degrees in the Central Valley, it'll be fine. Well, that's I what you were saying. That. Yeah, the, they they use it in the Central Valley when it when it's when it's really hot but and dry. This had no adverse effects on, and I sprayed half a dozen trees. Well, that's good to know. So, so I buy the. So here's my new my new process. We have the Monterey quartz with the ready to spray, the one you hook up to the hose, mm-hmm. and then we have the gallon refills. So I get one of each, and then I can just refill that that sprayer because I've got a ton of trees at my mom's I need to spray, and. Now's the time, regardless. I didn't go spray her trees, but I did spray them. Well, don't tell her that. <laughs> does she think you did? No. Oh. No, no, no. She doesn't listen to the show. I was going to say. She's, she'll hear it on the podcast later. Yeah, she, <laughs> that's right. That's right. But it does, uh, you know, you were saying, Alan was saying that he didn't have any bugs on that one, on the other trees. And I, usually you do. It yeah. may not be it's so bad, bad yeah. that it's obvious, right. but I think it's a great idea to spray your citrus trees once or twice a year, regardless. Oh, I, I've I've been advocating that for a while now, to usually two or three times a year, just just to be on the safe side, just to keep things under control before it gets so far out of control. Especially scale problems. And, and I have a an espaliate apple that had a really bad scale infestation. It was so bad that it didn't matter how much I watered it, it was still stressed. And I sprayed that in the middle of the heat with oil, and it didn't adversely affect it. But I wasn't thinking about, you know, we've been talking about doing oil on deciduous trees since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the horticultural oil and the other and Volk mix it oil. together. Volk yeah, oil. Volk, Volk, yeah, oil, like. Volk oil and um, malathion, yeah. I think, was the, was the mix. And I just never really had to deal with it so i didn't see the need for it until the deciduous trees were coated with it and i was at the kaler's house this spring and and some of the roses weren't doing well and there was a bad infestation of scale on roses on the roses i don't think i've ever seen that before it was it was all over the newer growth on some of the roses and so they got a little bit of uh, horticultural oil and it took care of that as well it's scale is evil yeah, and you it's just, insidious. Yeah, you see plant, it. And, plant barnacles, right? Plant yeah, that's, barnacles. That's exactly what it is. But uh, that, that that was the that was the standard procedure every every fall when plants were going dormant. You spray them with spray them with horti- with horticultural oil, malathion, and, and lime, uh, sulfur. lime sulfur. sulfur. Yeah. And we used to tell people that well, it still has foliage on it. So, well, don't worry, it won't <laughs> yeah, after you after when you, you get spray done. It, not, yeah. not when you get done. Yeah. Um, but you know, and lime sulfur was was an excellent um, fungicide. But man, that's a reek. Stunk, yeah, it was horrible. So now horrible. we do the hort oil for your for your insect control, and then we use uh, copper or copper, liquid copper, yeah, copper. correct for uh, fun- fungal issues. Yeah, I've started using immunox. Just it's stronger fungicide, and I'm not. I think you can use dacanil too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kurt was always talking yeah, about Kurt, Dacanil. Yes. So, is Dacanil even available still? Yeah, it is. We I sell it. Seen, I, mean, I haven't seen it on the shelf in the 
it, it doesn't mean it's not on the shelf. I just haven't noticed it. I think right. it's there in a red bottle. It's a red bottle. Absolutely correct. Well, you know, that it is interesting, too. That we, we still have malathion on the shelf. Yes, we yes, do. We do. Yeah. I think that's the only ortho product we have on the shelf that's not a weed killer. I think that I think you're. Well, we might even have some rose. I think we have a rose one too. I believe rose pride. Rose pride. They're yeah. funginex. Correct. But yeah, it's new generation of fungicide. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You know, ortho used to be they dominated. They, they yeah. dominated the market yep. until Scott's bottom. <laughs> yeah, as as usually as yeah. usually yeah. happens. Uh, but yeah, that, I would say probably three quarters of the shelves was ortho products. And Absolutely correct, all, and all kinds of really good stuff that you just can't, yeah. you can't, you can't get it anymore. Some of it through regulation, and some of it just because they of discontinued Scott's. or Scotts being Scotts now, now. Yeah. What? Oh, am I? Am I? He's not wrong. Have I misspoke? No, you have not misspoken. No. You're listening to Garden Talk here on the Answer San Diego KCBQ AM and FM and KP and KPraise KPRZ AM and FM we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. You know, we, did, we didn't really talk too much this season about... Um, bulbs yet we mentioned it a few times but right not, right not a lot um but we are right in the middle of the fall bulb season and we just got a huge amount of um amaryllis bulbs in. oh you got we i don't well you, again, you did you, i checked yesterday. you got them okay and they've yeah. been released okay good because i mean we get a lot of phone calls on amaryllis well we, we, we got we, we got a lot of them yeah uh, so yeah, we'll blow through it's the, funny we sold out of freesia bulbs we still got freesias in Poway, but yeah. we sold out. We sold out of um, the Renunks. Renunks, yeah, Renunks really? and bearded iris. We sold out of bearded iris pretty fast uh, this I, year. Yes, that's because that's thing. not something that usually happens. No, no, and they they're totally fine after they've been on the shelf for a month, but they look awful. Yes, they, yeah. they look like something that shouldn't be on the shelf. After. Yeah, it looks like, like something that would be in my garage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it was around here somewhere. We did also. They're not out for sale yet. And you'll get some on Monday. Get in the wire baskets that I've been oh, promising okay. you for oh, a couple wow. of months. So they look good. Do they? Okay. Yeah, they're nice. This is a different vendor? Really? Yes. Yeah. The old vendor is gone and there was no substitute. So they're from, they're made in USA in Can- Kansas. I was going to say, they're made in USA in Canada in Kansas. Kansas. I thought you said Kentucky. Kentucky, that is. <laughs> no. You told me Kentucky, Kentucky but that's not where they're from. Okay. Okay. It's your story, so say whatever you want. Yeah, it's kind of like they're from the U.S., Canada. Okay. So now we can mount, can do some more of the uh, staghorn you ferns. You can get the right kind of wire basket for your staghorn yes. ferns. Yes. I'm excited. That's good. What kind, of, what kind of wire basket were you looking for a staghorn fern? Like a wall, a wall basket? Well, you could do that or just the do regular basket, the round, bas- the round right. baskets. You, right. We did it. We used to do decades it. ago yeah. in Point Loma, we potted oh. up. We took six inch pots, and we took the like ten or twelve inch wire baskets, mm-hmm. packed them with yeah. moss, and just put the six inch pot right in the top. Packed the moss around it, and they sat there and sat there and sat there. And then about a year later, all of a sudden, all the pups started forming at the bottom, the shields, and then the, they cover the basket, and the basket's gone, and you have the beginnings of your round of the giant. Yeah, we have a lady just brought one in wrecking uh, ball of a two, two yes. weeks ago. Uh, wanting to get a repot, she's got it. She has one in a hanging basket we did a long time ago, but she wants to clean it up and you know re- redo it. So we're, we're working on that. I think Richie's working on it this 
Well, David, you, were, you did one just recently with a with a wire, wire basket. basket. Was, I was so happy to have this rusted wire basket and all the sharp, rusty oh, edges God. sticking out. Those it was are, yeah. awful. I tried my best to discourage yeah, the customer. <laughs> you, you sure you want to do that? Mm-hmm. We could just do this. No, I'd really like to do Are you sure we well, could do it this way? It's not one that they use chicken wire. Oh, I hate that too. Oh, yeah. You go in to cut it and all of a sudden yeah, there's yeah. just all these little pins of rust. Right. And I have very delicate hands, yes, surgeon's hands. I have to. Right. Well, have you seen the uh, the one that we have growing in Poway that's growing on the side of a 24-inch box? No. It's actually doing really well. It, it, it is. is. I don't even know how that's. Do, how did I, that get started? So we had a big chunk that somebody brought in, and it I set th- it on a 24-inch box. Yeah. I just set it on the yeah. 24-inch box. And then every time I'd do a staghorn class, I would cut off of that. Well, it grew through the cracks in the 24-inch box. And then I took the main part away, and now we just have a 24-inch box with a staghorn it's got growing two, on it's it. It's got two heads on it. Yeah, yeah. it's right. doing very, very well. We very had well. one um, growing on the outside of a terracotta pot. I don't Somebody gave it to us or something, but, I mean, it, yeah, it was incredible because there's nothing it, nothing there. There's no moss, nothing. Yeah, there's just, no moss in this yeah, one this at all. Yeah, this is just, just it, but it, in, we sold it, actually. But it was pretty wild because it's like it was, just growing on the outside or on a terracotta pot, a big terracotta pot. The, the people that they're so look easy at to grow and, in the right situation and, and think they're so difficult they to are grow. Incredibly easy. If that's all they well, need. you look at, and you look at some of the habitats that they come from. Yeah, it's it's pretty harsh in some of those areas down there in Australia. And I've oft told you, George, that anything that I have to take care of dies is a dead plant, with the but exception of staghorns. Right. I've you never, can't even screw it up, huh? I can't. Uh, I can come pretty darn close. I have yeah. a picture of a superbum that I could. It's further away from the hose. It's around the corner of the house hanging on a tree. So it doesn't see me as often as the other right. ones. Right, and, it, and it's still surviving. Even I mean, it would thrive if it probably got more water. But I, I just yeah, purchased the some. Is they still live. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. I just purchased some uh, Grow Power tablets a couple days right. ago to feed mine. Yeah, it's perfect for that. Yeah. And. For people with containers, those grow power planting tablets, not just in the backs of staghorns, but for the containers, I have one section now of containers that I have kept alive for years. And I bought the box of, I think it's 1,200. Oh, the big, yeah. Yeah. And it says once a year. I do it two or three times a year. But I am, as you guys know, not somebody that's going to mix up a tablespoon of this in a gallon of water and start watering 100 plants with the fertilizer water. And the Grow Power planting tablets are awesome for containers. And Ken, your dad uses them when he does the uh, cymbidium classes. Correct. Yeah. Like he likes yeah. that yeah. product. And well, the staghorns, too. Yeah, right. he lo- loves them, the staghorns. What, what was it that we... And you, it's funny. You don't have to buy it, them. Was it Fertipills? No. Yes. Fertipills. Fertipills yeah, yeah. yeah, that we used to get. One little box for butlers. Yeah, yeah, that we would get from butlers. Yeah. And then for a while there, we would buy the big boxes ourselves because right. I remember that was, that was one of my jobs was to open up the box of the... Of the fertilizer tablets and then fill up big styrofoam cups count them out and and count them out and put them into the styrofoam cups yeah not anymore no (laughs) no we we don't do that anymore we have those grow power planting tablets in 45 counts and a 200 count so you don't have to just buy them in a 1200 count right box but if you have a lot of pots it's such an easy way house plants what whatever yeah and uh orchids as well correct the makes it very easy the packets would probably work pretty well too the Planting. I think those best, need to be in the soil. Do those have to be in the I soil? I think so. Because I think it was Mike Martin said that one of yeah, his he tricks it. is he puts those in. Any, anytime he plants the a plant, packs. he puts, put, right. puts one or two of those in, depending on the size of the plant. And it feeds for a year. Yeah. Now up, your dad to a. Yeah, I was going to say, your dad likes to put them in quarterly. Yeah. We did the cymbidiums. He said every three months, drop that in. The cymbidiums are pretty, they're, they're pretty heavy feeders. Right. They, you need to, you, during, their growth, during their growth stage, you need to feed them a lot to get that pseudobulb to to bulk up. Um, yeah, some videos, that's still, uh, we don't see them as much as they're not used nearly to, as popular uh, as they used well, to be. And I remember, I, I don't think we've repotted a cymbidium in Poway. We've, we've in, done a in, couple, we, you know, we still have some old school customers down in Point Loma that, that have them and they'll bring them in, you know, I, we, we used to bring in tons yeah. of them for people to Correct. repot. Well, just think of how many, Dozens or even hundreds were backed up at the nursery waiting for repotting. I mean, that's oh, yeah. what Phil did constantly. Yeah. yeah, Phil and Byron would just be back there oh, yeah. dividing them up. Byron gear. Man. Taking them apart and yeah. 
What, well, that's funny. Memory funny lane? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory lane. But it's also, I remember we used to have in the back there, they were, he would repot them. I, I remember under benches, uh, cymbidiums that were Phil had, or Byron, whomever had kind of thrown them under the table. And you go out there in the spring and, and if they're in flower. There's not, I mean, they're not even planted. I mean, they're just laying on the ground with a flower. That's how easy they can be. Well, I remember one time uh, back when I was in high school, I went through and I picked up all of the back bulbs okay. that had been taken off. Right. I mean, we had a ton of them. Yes. And took them out to the ranch and we put them in one-gallon containers. It, 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 there must have been there must have been a couple hundred of them. And it takes, from just a single back bulb, it takes usually about a season or two because you got to get the new you got to get the right. new growth started and then it's got to build up the bulb and then it, then it'll bloom but uh when you're dividing cymbidium when you're dividing cymbidiums you, you can hold on to those right. and start new plants it's you pretty know, easy to do is that because we are now in a throwaway society i think people so just don't I, I have no idea grow them and multiply them people used to start with a, a cymbidium and yeah, then right. they multiply them well, year after well, not year after year because you want just, them to be tight just talked to a lady a month ago that i mean she wanted to have somebody potted because she had one and now she has 100 i mean and she's like i just give them to my friends you know yeah that's what a lot that's yeah. what a you lot of people would do like, yeah. better way to look at it we have done such a good job on educating people on how to divide and repot their cymbidiums they don't bring them to us anymore because they're doing it themselves that's Very good. what i'm sure is the situation. Well, at least, at least two be. people I know. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on The Answer San Diego, KCBQ, AM and FM, and K-Praise, KPRZ, AM and FM. We will be back next Saturday morning at 6 o'clock with another hour. We look forward to seeing you then. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.